Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Hello, loves. I am so excited to announce that I'm going to be facilitating alongside some incredible teachers at the Austin Tantra Festival coming up here in Austin, Texas, December 16th through the 18th. I love, love, love these community spaces as incredible opportunities to learn tools for greater intimacy, authenticity, and connection. These sort of containers are really a safe space to practice setting boundaries, to discover and push your edges, to let go of any limiting beliefs around connection, sexuality, or intimacy. So tickets are now on sale at austintantrafestival.com. I have a special code for you. Leola10, that's L-E-O-L-A 10, gets you 10% off tickets. So I hope to see you there. I will be linking Austin Tantra Festival in the show notes. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today I have a very special guest, my mother, who is the first and only member of my family to make it onto the podcast, Mm. which is really exciting. I feel so honored. Mama Leola is visiting me here in Austin, Texas for the weekend. Um, And she's visiting from Missouri where I grew up. So Mama, do you want to share a little bit about yourself? (laughs) Well, let's see. I guess... The first thing I think about is obviously being here with Lauren has just been such a great escape, such a great time. Anytime I come to visit Lauren, it's just like, it's almost like a show. Yeah. It's just, you're the greatest host ever, first of all. You put so much time and thought into what we're going to do, but also there's plenty of time to just chill and be silent, and I love that. Yeah, it's a balance. We we did, you, you know, mom got in on Saturday. We did a little bit of shopping. I got a fun hat. We went to Trader Joe's. Got I got a fun snacks. hat, too. You, we both got fun hats. We both I got, got the grackle hat. hats, right? We got the grackle hat. Uh, and then that night we went to dinner and we went to a, like, burlesque show, like a cabaret. How Which was that? It was beautiful. It was so much fun. Um, I've been to them before in St. Louis, but they were not on this level. Yeah. Just everybody gave their all in St. Louis. I'm going to shout it out. They did it. But look at this one. Oh, my God. Austin's got some sexy people in places. For I sure. mean, and it's just so natural. Like, it's yeah. not even like they're putting on a show. It's like they're just doing their thing. Yep. And it was very cool and fun. Yeah. Exactly. And then yesterday we went wine tasting, which was great. Today we're drinking wine, we're drinking wine again. 
We're drinking the wine. That's wine. There's an episode of this podcast called um, Conscious Consumption. Check it out. I don't. I don't have the number up in front of me, but it's a great one about wine as a ritual and things like that. And I love to use it with my mama. We get nice, deep, fun conversations and celebratory moments, which is beautiful. Um. So I actually feel like this is a really good time because you call me Lauren, right? So it's a good time to talk about my name. So most of the listeners know me as Leola, mm-hmm. which is my middle name and your middle name. Yes. And that's what most of my friends and my partner and everyone calls me. But Lauren is like my my first given name. Yeah. That's your government name. That's my go- <laughs> Lauren Leola is my government name. For those that this is like you're getting a whole new side of, of me. So where did you come up with these names for me? So when I had more time, I was very into reading and reading like just the typical kind of vacation vibe books, I guess you would say, like Jackie Collins, things like that. Um, Just the young mom escape kind of into a different world. And Carly, your sister. My older sister. They don't know. Your sister, Carly. Um, So she was a baby, and while she napped, I would do a lot of reading. And so one of the books had a character Lauren that was just like such a badass and just like everything I wanted to be, I think. That's so funny. So I was like, that's what I'm going to name this baby. This baby's going to be Lauren. She's going to be a badass. Yeah. And I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. And the middle name, like for the longest time growing up, because it was so um just different i guess growing yeah. up in missouri you had all these kind of just plain jane names and then you had leola as my middle name and i didn't like it didn't like it and then you i was didn't like, like leola i didn't really i didn't like it and I then no i had to grow into it okay i had to grow into it and once i kind of grew into it it felt like kind of a I don't know, just like an authentic, like everybody's got these Mary Jane names, but I'm Elizabeth Leola, like own that, you know? And then with your name, Lauren, I was like, Lauren Leola, I really love that. So yeah, that's how you became Lauren Leola. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I read the book. It's American Beauty, right? Something like that. I think that's what yeah. it's called. Or American, American Star. Star. I think it's American Star. It's yeah. American Star. I need to reread it. I have it here. I can just give it to you. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I read it like two or three years ago, and it was actually really a healing experience for me. But in the book, the main character like moves to L.A., and like it's like it was actually very similar to my story. It was that's like you so casted crazy. a spell for my life. <laughs> I feel like I have these premonitions that come true all yeah. the time. Mom a witch I might be (laughs) you're a witch I'm okay with that I love that I hope that I am yeah for sure I feel like I've probably paid some witch prices in my life yeah but that's just being a woman too indeed I think that most women are able to tap into some witchiness but it's it's something that you feel like you embody in a in a really fun funky way which I love I would like to explore it more let's do it maybe I mean I'm coming up on 50 and I just feel like open all the vessels. Yeah. Investigate and, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you were a young, you were a young mom, right? How was that? I loved it. 
I loved it. When you guys were little, I was able to stay home with you and raise you, and it just felt so good. It was the favorite part of my life, for yeah. sure. I love that. For sure, the favorite part of my life. And, like, I had to kind of make the decision to end that, sadly. Um, you know, nothing to go into on here, but... Yeah. All good things come to an end, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like parents getting divorced, stuff like that. But Having to leave the home and go find employment and all these things. And, you know, that's okay. It is what it is. I don't like that it hurt you guys. Yeah. But I was going to die. <laughs> No, I'm happy you left. I'm happy that you left for sure. I think it's like a really challenging place because at that time there just like weren't a lot of tools. There weren't. And I was so young and just naive and I didn't know how to verbalize how I felt correctly. And I don't think my partner, even if I could verbalize it the way I wish I could have, I don't think he could have accepted it. And that's not his fault. I feel like. I feel like there's no fault anywhere. I don't want any anyone to have yeah. fault. You know what I'm saying? But I hate that anybody got hurt in that process. Yeah, I mean, to me, we were all just doing our best. And I'm super grateful for how it turned out because it made me a super independent person because that was what was necessary for me to survive. Yeah, well. like, yeah. And, like, I, I'm stoked about it. And, like, it sucks. <laughs> Yeah. For everyone. Like, I feel bad, like, for you guys. Like, not not great. But I think that, like, we all signed up for what we signed up for to have the lessons that we needed in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And if I could go back and change things, there's definitely things I would have done differently. I think everybody kind of has those feelings. Um, you know, but how do you take away the hurt? Because everybody hurts. Yeah choices that you make that you don't even know they're going to hurt somebody, hurt somebody. Exactly. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And here we are. (laughs) And I feel like that's the way that you grow is through pain and struggle and trying to identify and trying to, you know, heal. And without that, what are we? Like, what would we be if there wasn't any obstacles or pain? I mean, nobody wants those things, but what are you without it? Yeah. Just a beautiful person with no No relatability. You can't even relate to people that are so perfect in some ways. And it's like what's, to me, all relationships, the point of them are to, like, learn and grow. Yeah. And so if you have, like, a perfect person in front of you, like, there's no, like, polarity. There's no depth depth to, like. Like, how do you relate to that? You can't. Yeah, exactly. And then you can't grow with them because it's just like, you know. Sometimes it's hard for me to relate to Eric, my husband, because he grew up in such like the idealistic childhood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I have no idea what that could possibly feel like, even to this day. Like the relationship is just not there. Mm -hmm. And his parents, he's very involved with them. They're very involved with us and... I remember when it really, it was just, we were the very beginning of our relationship and he went over to help them hang Christmas lights. And I thought that was weird. 
I thought that was weird. I was like, that's weird, but okay. <laughs> I was so out of touch with like how a family. Yeah. Like, and we talked about the Christmas lights before the yeah. whole story with that. And then I got so jaded throughout the years that now I'm thinking it's weird. Yeah. To go help your family hang Christmas lights. It's just so crazy. Yeah. But it was like his family such a big lesson for me too. It's so healing to have that. And I'm like to be, to come from like having like a really hard life in my perspective, like you had like a lot of shit. I had a lot of shit. I did. And it's, okay now yeah like I don't love that everything had to be so difficult but I'm really happy with who I am now and I'm happy that you and I are totally engaged and like I love it when we just sit and hold hands and things Mm. like that you know (laughs) it's just the closeness that we have and it took a lot to build that and get here And you know what? If that's what it takes, I guess that's what it takes. Yeah, absolutely. And in some ways, I feel like I treasure it so much more coming from like, you know, there was a lot of drama with like men and like divorce and like Mm -hmm. all of the things growing up. And then for the listener, my mom and I, you know, I didn't talk to my mom for seven years. And that was like a product of a lot of you know, not like instability and like with my parents and, and, um, just like a survival technique of mine to like withdraw and, And um, mine too. It wasn't just you as a child withdrawing. It was me as an adult. Like I'll go completely nonverbal at times where Mm -hmm. I can't function. I can't, I don't know. I just can't. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I went through a lot of years like that where I was just non-functioning, like, to be honest. Yeah. And, like, I see you as someone that's very similar to me and that you see, like, the best in people and, like, Mm -hmm. fall in love with that. Absolutely. And then, like, have got, like, and now, like, I see you now and, like, I really admire who you are and, like, the journey that you've been on and I feel like you're very self-responsible and sovereign and, like, that's amazing. And, like, it took like your life to like build that skill set and for me to like watch that from the outside and see it like I did that too but then I learned like oh like this is how to shift that so that I don't lose myself in that I think that that's part of it too like you didn't really have a support system in that time that was like no one I had literally no one I didn't have my parents like your whole life I didn't have my partner you know and here I'm like a young mother thinking that I'm birthing my best friends. That's what it, that's what my thought process was like. I'm going to create my own family because I don't have one. And Mm -hmm. then through circumstances that dissolved, you know, which was heartbreaking and terrifying and just, put me comatose almost really mentally yeah which I can't say like I I have you know mental illness I have bipolar I have problems it's not like I can say these things threw me into this but like 
definitely things they trigger i personally believe trigger those so i don't know if you know i was in the hospital a couple of times for (sighs) never really felt like oh i'm gonna kill myself but like i didn't trust myself if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense like i felt like there were two episodes of me like the one that's like wants to be whatever and then this, like, darker version that I don't know what she's going to do. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. kind of this hanging, like, dark, devious little angel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dark, devious I have that, too. And I would be like, she's telling me people are better off without me, you know. Mm-hmm. And you start to, you can start to believe those things. And I did for a while and got the help that I needed, which was great. And I do want to say that not all my family sucks. <laughs> because my brother Dave, your Uncle Dave, yeah. has been instrumental in my life and kind yeah. of almost, I don't want to put it on him like father figure, but almost like that person that my father should have been, I guess, like helping me get through things. You know, just being there, just letting me know, like, verbally, I'm here for you. Yeah. Which means a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's hard for people to even say that sometimes, maybe. Generations past, so different. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I just feel like I grew up with my dad, like, sitting in his chair. Yeah. He was always there. Yeah, he was. Physically. <laughs> but he was never mentally, like, available. Emotionally. Not, not not emotionally involved at all. And then my mom was just fucking haywire. So <laughs> I can understand why he was like that. Like, literally. I he can understand. Like, you, you're, sur- you're in survival mode. Like, yeah. I get it. I get it now. You know. But... I feel like people are so different now. They're able to evaluate and express their emotions. And I think we're just better off as a human race. Be honest. Yeah. Just be there. Say things. Talk about it. Yeah. I feel like definitely the culture that we grew up in. I don't know if it's like a a generational thing, Midwest thing. I don't know. But I, I also felt like there just like wasn't space to just like share your feelings without someone being like so triggered and defensive and upset and ma- taking it personal and all of those things like the taking it personal oh my god that hits me so hard yeah. my whole personality my mother took personal yeah my whole personality was just a big fuck you to her yeah just me being me yeah Like, I was just told, you know, you don't speak like that. You don't do that. You don't talk like that. You don't joke like that. And it was just a complete shutdown. Sorry, you were going somewhere really good. And I was like... (laughs) No, this is great. I love this. This is like... I'm totally relating to that. It was like being completely just shut down, like, as a kid and then different relationships I think you get into them because you kind of know what to expect maybe yeah it's familiar it's not good for you but you know what to expect so you're like 
okay, this feels what I'm used to. Yeah. You know, and then you just kind of fall into it and I don't have to deal with that now. Thank God. Yeah, boundaries. (laughs) Set those boundaries with your family if you need to. Love me some boundaries. I mean, people weren't talking about boundaries. Yeah. Back then. Or asking for what you need. Even in the 90s. And like, I noticed when I'm here with you, you're like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, how am I feeling? Like, good question. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I feel good. (laughs) (laughs) It's quiet. I like it. Yeah, like the quietness of your place. Like I literally had a panic attack. I'm not kidding. I texted Eric and I'm like, I'm going through something and it's going to be okay. I'm going to (laughs) talk myself down. But like it's so – I get very embedded in my little life and my routines and stuff. And I always have to have noise. So when I came – here and I've been at your places before where it's quiet. Yeah. But this is the first time we've been together. Just the two of us. Just the two of and us. And literally like ever. Probably like twenty years. years. Like yeah. I don't know. I don't even know either. Yeah. And I'm like oh, Maybe ever, God. like a whole weekend. Because even when I was a baby or like young, it was like Carly yeah, was there. Everybody. Or, right. Yeah. But when I got here, I was like, oh my God, it's so quiet. Like I'm gonna have to like deal with myself I don't have a distraction what do I do I'm here in Texas and I can't like just go jump in my car and just like distract myself in some way and I love that I realize that about myself like I distract myself from everything Mm mm-hmm and being here in the mornings and it's quiet and I'm learning to just sit and just be with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're conditioned to make our lives so busy and become like, like we're addicted to the, to the job and the drama there. And we're addicted to the drama of the relationships and then all the sounds. And like we have all this access to media all the time that it's like, we're all just using that as a way to bypass what's actually happening inside. But if you don't ever let that out, like that leads to like, I never have a quiet moment. I wake up. I'm telling you the first thing I do is I get on my phone and I turn on the radio. Yeah. I went away from like all the like political shit. Thank God. Cause I was getting too involved in that, <laughs> but I went to more like the shock jock stuff that I used to listen to when I was younger and it's just fun. But literally that's like the first thing I do is I put on this radio show, start getting ready for the day and then I work at Trader Joe's and it's you're on constantly there yeah it's like a performance like a performance that I love though it's like this whole different person comes out I always tell Eric like if you saw me at work you'd be like who the fuck is that (laughs) I don't get that person (laughs) but it's just something about it draws it out of me and I love it there and then you know you go on break or go home you got your radio on again and you go home and you got the tv on and it's yeah. just i'm gonna make a conscious effort to just have the quiet kind of meditative time which 
I don't know anything about meditation, but I think just being quiet sometimes is good enough. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of misconception about meditation that it needs to be this like blank mind when in yeah. reality, real meditation is just like, like letting your thoughts go by, like taking, I mean, like, oh, there's a thought that's ha- like has this weight or that weight, but then like letting go of the attachment. So like you might have like a dark or a bad thought and it's like, oh, but what if I just like let that float through my mind and then the next thing comes it's just observing rather than like quieting it's like yeah just observe and see where where it takes me um but i love what you were saying about grandma mama Mm -hmm. (laughs) mama (laughs) midwest (laughs) but you were saying how she was so like judgmental or like took took your existence personally and like like and I feel like a lot of people really identify with with that and what I love about our relationship is I feel like you're like are you happy are you safe like good for you be yourself and I adore that I love everything that you're doing first of all thank you and I'm so proud of you and I almost you know, I'll be talking about you at work and I'll be like, I don't know where she came from because <laughs> she's just doing all these things. And it's like, how do you like, was she born with it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, if, if you can go out in this world and find happiness, like do it. Yeah. What, what is it that makes you happy? Do that thing. Yeah. Don't let your personality be too much for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, just be yeah. you, exist, and be happy. And I don't care if you worked at fucking Walmart and you were as happy as you are right now. I would be supportive of that. Yeah. Like, because that's all I want for you, for Carly, for John. Mm-hmm. Just be happy. Just be feeling good in your skin, feel like you can come to me with anything. That's important to me. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to share with me, like I want to know about it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like the most insignificant kind of thing, Mm -hmm. like if it's part of your day and it made you happy, like I want to know about it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that this is just such a beautiful, like, lesson of like you took your pain piece which was like your the way you were raised and the way that your mother interacted with you and you used it as a way to like create healing for like our entire ancestral line moving forward to like be a mother who's like just do what makes you happy be yourself like I'll love you no matter what and you don't take any of it personally like that is so impactful for like myself And my siblings that it's like, thank you for doing that. And like, it sucks that you had to take the brunt of that by like learning it through the experience of a mother that was like that to you. And I'm fine taking the brunt of it because I don't think love should come with conditions. Mm -hmm. And that was my whole life was like conditionally, this is for you. Yeah. I'll love you if you're quiet and good and Christian and right. All that stuff. And you know, that is one thing growing up in the church taught me, like in my home, it was like, everything was so conditional, but at church, it was like, you're going to have this unconditional love someday. And I just kind of thought, well, 
I'm going to create that because I haven't experienced that. Yeah. And I just feel like if that's an option, why not, why not put that forth? And how did you create it? I just loved you guys unconditionally. <laughs> like literally, yeah. I don't think there's anything that any of you could do or say or mm-hmm. think or a way that you could behave that I would even take it personally, to be honest. Yeah. Like I've learned in life, don't take things personally from anybody, but especially from you guys. Like if you're going through something or I don't understand why maybe somebody's acting a certain way or whatever, you know, if I feel comfortable enough to ask, I'm going to ask. And if not, I'm just going to accept that that's how this person is feeling right now. It probably has nothing to do with me and I'm just going to be there to support. And that's Mm -hmm. the end of the story. I think that don't like, don't take things personally is one of the five agreements. Yeah. And you got me that book. Yeah. The five agreements, which was so cool. Like that was four agreements. Yeah. Four agreements. Yeah. You're right. It is four. The whole, like that book was so freeing for me. Yeah. Just like what, who am I to imagine what your thoughts are? Yeah. Who am I to like go, Oh, she's pissed at me. Cause I'm the important one here. Yeah. That's not real. Yeah. That's not real life. Yeah. That, so my mom gave me the book, the four agreements, like four years ago. Feels like longer ago, but I think it was yeah. like four or five years ago. It feels like we've been relatable again for much longer of a time. Yeah. But that was a really cool moment for me that you had like get like and I think like I feel like when you gave me that book, I was like, oh my God, like I actually like I I it made me see like we're on the same team and we're both like doing the work. And it was yeah. like really cool to feel like my family and my mother is like on this path too. And like, I had heard about the book, but I'd never read it. And it's like a foundation piece of my work and like who I am. It's something that I like recommend to clients all the time. I love that. So oh it's like God. so cool. I don't think I ever told you this, but yeah, that's, that's <laughs> true. So it, yeah, it's up there somewhere on the shelf. And then there's the other book, The Mastery of Love. I don't know if you read that one. It's the second book. I by. think I started it and me being like the way I am fell asleep and like didn't pick it up again and Mm -hmm. I need to but the four agreements I do try to read like once a year really I do because it it had such an impact on my life and just like made me so unbothered by things my book that shifted everything for me is conversations with God that one was like boom so I was gonna ask you like if there was a book me personally yeah that you would prescribe for me to read, what would that be? Mm, that's a really good question. You can think about it. You don't have to answer. I right can. Now. I'm gonna think about it. And I love that you asked me this question. I think it's good for people's like maybe hear my answer. But I do love conversations with God. Mm-hmm. But I also think knowing you, I would and like like because of the work that I do, I want to recommend something like sexy and like tantric as yeah, well. Yeah, I would love it. And it doesn't have to be one. It could be yeah. like here's a tie. Yeah. Um, I need both of these. <laughs> I think that it's called The Woman's Anatomy of Arousal by Sherry Winston. I, th- I think it's, I'll have to look at my books after this, but that's one I would recommend. And then another one called The Magdalene Manuscript, which is about Mary Magdalene. And it's kind, it's like, it's kind of a funky read, 
But to me, it's like coming from like the background that we come from where like, I remember grandma asking me like, are you going to be Christian when you grow up? When I was like, didn't even really know what that meant. And I was like, I don't know. You know, I had you get baptized before you even really knew what it was. I remember that. And I know that Catholics do that with babies, but I was like, I'm saving her soul. I'm doing it. (laughs) This baby is not going to happen. And that's Scorpio being in control. But I was like. You're getting done today. <laughs> but I remember it. Weirdly, I do remember it. Yeah. And I like was like, I actually like loved all of that stuff when I was really little. But then like I remember going to church and also being like, this doesn't quite add up. Like, don't judge all of these beautiful like Jesus things. And then I felt so much judgment. But then you're going to go in the eternal fire of hell. Yeah. It's like, what if you're not doing exactly. And what is exactly? Yeah, exactly. So it actually is very conditional at the end of the day. Conditional. Yeah. And to me, that's not Jesus's actual teachings. And the Magdalene manuscript is great because it's like comes from her perspective. And basically what, what it is, is like this guy channels her spirit and writes this book. So it's very like woo woo and like kind of like fine with out woo-woo. there, but yeah. I, I really liked it. Um, if I'm going to gain insight, woo woo me. <laughs> let's do it. Let's go. Um, but yeah, so I appreciate your like permission, like you, you've given me so much permission to just be who I am. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I'd love to chat more about like, I mean, I like slowly sort of entered this space and was like very cautious, like in the beginning of doing this work, because I was really worried about like what family would think and like my friends back home and like all of that shit. And then there was like a moment where I kind of started to come out more, but like, I don't think we ever really had a conversation. It was just like, I'm doing this now. And I just started talking about it, but I'm curious, like, how was that for you? It was an evolution that I'm still confused about. <laughs> if we're honest, like, yeah. like I, I can grasp some of, some of it, but unless I'm kind of in the circle of what you do, I feel yeah. like nobody's really going to want a hundred percent understand. Yeah. Like maybe somebody who's doing counseling sessions with you gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So I'm always wanting to know more. Mm -hmm. I'm always curious. Like when we were at dinner and I was like, if somebody asks you what you do, like, what do you say? Yeah. Because always you're very fluid and changing and you've done so many things. And I mean, people at work will be like, well, what does your daughter do? And I'm like, she does everything. Like, I don't even know how to like put a name on it. Like now she's done birth doula training. Like, yeah, she helps people through sexual trauma. She models, which I found out you're not really doing anymore. anymore, Um, she does like, like think about it and she's done it or she's had her hand (laughs) in it. And I'm like, that's why I asked you that. I'm like looking for it, like a easy way to say what Lauren does, and there's just no easy way to say it. I think it's but hard I'm to supportive of it. You are. You're like, are you happy? And I see that like you're making a positive impact, and that's great. Like I absolutely. Like that's and you counseled one of my yeah, that's right crew members, and she was like. First of all, she was a little starstruck. She was like, I feel like I'm having a meeting with a celebrity. And I'm like, well, that's cool. You know, you you kind of are, I feel like. I'm right there with you. I feel like there's some celebrity 
you know, ish going on. Yeah. Um, and then she spoke to you and she was like, that was life changing. Amazing. So I felt really proud of you and that I could be like, Hey, um, insert name here. Like, I feel like my daughter could help you. Yeah. And it felt really good to be able to send her to you knowing that you would take care of her, knowing that she would come out on the other side of this horrible experience that she had Mm -hmm. feeling loved and feeling better and feeling like she wasn't the problem just because she's a female with female anatomy. Yeah. Yeah had an alcoholic beverage, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, it was, it was really healing for me to, to speak with this young woman who like was, I'd been through a circumstance. that was like very similar to one that I had been mm-hmm. through with sexual assault. And then like, then like hearing about how the people in her community, like her friends were reacting to this and were very much victim blaming her and like how beautiful it was that mm-hmm. you were like, no, You've done nothing wrong. Like hearing that you were on her side was like, oh my God, my mom's on my side too. Cause we never really talked about my sexual assault experiences. I mean, that was like a lot of it happened like when we weren't even in each other's lives. So it was like really nurturing for me to see like indirectly that you were like on my side. And I loved that. And then it was also really cool because I got to work with a girl that came from my similar background Mm -hmm. and that was really, really powerful. Yeah, you helped her so much. Like, she still talks about it. That's amazing. Well, she ever needs, like, any additional support. Like, I'm happy to just chat with her whatever. And I will say just kind of a shout-out to Trader Joe's. Like, as a family, (laughs) I'm going to put it out there. Like, she felt comfortable to talk to people at work about it. Shop at Trader Joe's. (laughs) And got the support. Yeah. Like, from the mates and from the crew. Like, you didn't do anything wrong. You existed in a space where somebody took advantage of that. Yeah. And that's what happened to you. You are not to blame. Mm-hmm. And everybody really came together and just was like, no, yeah, don't take this blame. Don't take it. It's not yours. Exactly. And I'm really, I didn't really know that much about how her friends reacted. So I'm really glad that yeah. the work community, because we really are a family there. Like, I can't even express that enough. Yeah, she needed you guys. Yeah. For sure. So um, I'm happy that you sent her my way as well. Absolutely. I was like, if there's anybody uh, that can help, it's yeah. Leola. <laughs> or Lauren. I would have said Lauren, that. but I'm going to say Leola. <laughs> um, I we're, we're embracing the Leola. That's right. And I even got a little necklace for myself that said Leola to just embrace. I like that. That. And I think you had one. At I one had point. one at one point too. I loved it. Um, so what was your like sex education? Like you grew up in Missouri in like the seventies and eighties. So in the Midwest, seventies, mm-hmm. eighties, right? Yeah, so I was born in 72, and I can remember in about fourth grade, they took the girls, maybe it was like sixth grade. I'm really bad about time frame. I bet it was sixth grade. I swear I have no time frame reference at all. Like, when they say time is a social construct, I'm that person. Like, I don't yeah. follow any of that. I can't remember any of that. Uh-huh. Whatever. But... 
it was around fourth grade, I'm going to say. They took all the girls into one room and they took all the boys somewhere else. And there really wasn't <laughs> sex education, but it was like, you're going to get your period. Boys are going to get boners. Like, <laughs> we're all giggling and they're like, you know, telling you how you're going to have like, a teaspoon of blood every month, which is not true. They said a teaspoon? Is that what they're, they said? They're like, this is what you're going to have. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> no, that's not correct. <laughs> that is so oh, wrong. Oh, my God. And they really downplayed that. And they were like, you're probably going to get cramps and whatever, you know. But um, so that was kind of the school, like, sex ahead. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're going to have your period. It's going to suck. But it's not going to suck that bad. Um, And then at church, I remember there was this bold-ish woman that came into the youth group, which I was at the very beginning of the youth group, so I was probably like 12 or 13. Uh And she gave like an honest kind of like her opinion about what you're going to feel, what's going to happen. Is sex going to feel good? Yeah, it's going to feel good. And I remember being like, what? Really? like, who's she talking to? Am I am I at church right now? And she gave like this honest like, yeah, it's going to feel really good, but you're not supposed to do it. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> like, right. Now I know where I'm at. Now I know where I'm okay. at. But that was like the most honest kind of bit of information about sex that I got, which was weird that it was at church. They probably never let her speak to us again. I'm yeah. 100% sure of that. Um, but generally, it was just like, don't do it. Yeah. There was no other education. It was don't do it. Mm-hmm. What about from your parents? Oh, don't do it. There was no... It was just, you don't do that. Yeah. And there was no... Really, don't do it. I don't think that even came from them. It was just you knew not to do it. Yeah, it was just so ingrained. It was just not biblical. It was not something that you did. So, of course, I did it. <laughs> like, Yeah, how did that work out for you? As fast as I could. I was <laughs> like, I'm doing that. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it was rebellion for sure is all it was I didn't know what I was doing and actually the first time that I actually had sex I didn't really even understand that that was happening yeah which is kind of probably hard to understand but we were in a very dark basement room and it was my boyfriend who I was so in love with. I'm so sure I was just like in love with this boy. But, you know, I thought it was just fingers. Really? And oh I didn't God. like really understand because it was dark and it was, I was like, this is uncomfortable, but, you know, whatever. It's just fingers. It's fine. And then come to like figure out like we just had sex. Oh my God. Yeah, literally. And I'm like, there's the whole kind of rape culture thing that went yeah. around. And it was like, was I raped? I don't know. And it leaves me confused because, like, 
I feel like I was there for it, but at the same time being so young that I didn't really fully understand what was happening. Mm -hmm. He was not raping me. Let's put that out there first of all. But it wasn't purely the most consensual thing in the world either. I didn't understand. Yeah. And, but I was there for it. Like I was, let's, you know, do all the things. I think it's really confusing when you're young and like you start to experience pleasure, Mm -hmm. which is, and like, and even when it's uncomfortable in some ways, there's a level of like pleasure or like altered, like literally you have, you're in an altered state of reality. It's basically like you just took drugs when you're in any sort of sexual pleasure. So it's confusing because you're like, um, I don't think that I want this, but I kind of do. My body is like responding in a way that's, I just remember being like, I don't really like it, but at the same time, it's kind of nice. Like, he's kissing me. Yeah. Like, I'm getting attention focused on me alone. Which makes you feel really special, especially when you're coming from an environment where you don't feel loved at home. Oh, my God. I was boy crazy because of that. Like, anybody that would give me any attention at all was like, Mm -hmm. here I am. (laughs) Yeah. I remember meeting a boy, and the first thing he said to me was, I want to fuck you. And I was like, cool. (laughs) I was like, that's awesome. Like, this person just met me. They want to fuck me? Yeah. Why did I think that was a compliment? But I did. I was probably 13. Yeah. That's so disturbing to me to think about now. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I was like, oh, you want me? Like, I'm you special. want me? Yeah. You want me? Mm-hmm. That's new. What would you <laughs> tell, like, if you could go back to, like, yourself, like, in those early years of, like, sexual exploration, like, what would you tell yourself? Like, what advice would you impart? I would definitely tell myself that this this definitely is a special thing. Like, the church made it into... I mean, they're like, this is a special thing, but it's so taboo, yada, yada, yada. I would go back and tell myself, like, it's not taboo, but it is very special. Mm -hmm. And you're going to probably have multiple partners, which in the church you're taught pretty much you're going to have your one partner. Yeah. You know, so I wish that I would have known, you know, there will be other people. You'll learn things and take things away from different people. You'll wish you hadn't done this with certain people. Mm-hmm. You'll at some point feel like you're just giving your energy away mm-hmm. and not receiving anything back. You will at some times have to tell your partner, I have nothing to give Mm. and hope that they understand that. Yeah. Um, You're going to love it. You're going to hate it. You're going to want it when you can't have it. Yeah. And when you can have it, you're going to feel whatever about it sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be such a mixed bag that you're going to be probably confused Mm -hmm. for a lot of your life about how you actually feel about it. (laughs) You know, you're going to go through dry spells and you're going to go through kind of slutty spells. (laughs) That's your super fun, by the way. (laughs) 
I see you like literally. I've seen photos of you at like twelve. I see you like saying this to that. It's gonna be super fun. By the way, I actually like, literally see that. Like you're gonna have a lot of fun with it, but then you're also told like that the man's perspective of the sexual experience is like the height of importance. Yeah. Because you're going to see porn and you're going to see this acting that is unreal, but you're not going to know it's unreal. Yeah. Until later on in your life. And you're not going to realize that you're just as important as they are. Yeah. And then hopefully, and which I do now, you have a partner that really cares about how you feel. Yeah. You know, but you'll go through a lot of people who are just there for that act. Yeah. And sometimes you're just there for that act. And that's okay, too. Yeah. But I would tell myself, be prepared for the whole gamut. Because yeah. it's a lot. It's not just this act that you do. Mm-hmm. It's emotional. It's, you know, energetic. It's mental it can fuck you up it can make mm-hmm. you feel awesome it can make you feel loved it can make you feel unappreciated mm-hmm. depending on who it's with <laughs> i mean and i feel like as people go forward in life they feel like oh i'm this old and if i can't just you know have sex with this new person like that feels kind of juvenile but it would be judged in a certain way or whatever but I am just the thought now, get to know that person, Yeah. get to a soul level, or mm-hmm. what do you have? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm hearing there's this piece that sex can be so many different things, and especially when you don't have, like, a realistic education, you go out and you're like, well, I guess I'm going to figure this out myself, and that's what your experience was, and that's what my experience mm-hmm. was, too. Like, I had a lot of... At all, like you named all the things, like it's going to, you're going to hate it. You're going to love it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be confusing. You're going to break your heart. You're going to, your heart's going to explode. Like all of the things. And it's one of those things that it's like, I'm so grateful that like I had all of that. And like, it was like awful a lot of the time. And it was amazing. And like, and, but I'm kind of happy that like I had that experience, like that I got to like ex- explore by myself. And like, I don't want that for my daughter. Like no. I don't want her to have like, I like, or at least like the tools to like know how to get like where I am now faster. Like now I feel like all of my sex is like so intimate and connective and like net positive to my life. Yeah. Like I'm not having sex that like brings me down right it like lifts me up or like i'm able to very quickly recognize like something is off something needs to shift and there's not that like confusion or like days of like ugh-ness you know yeah like the confusion and wondering like a lot of you know friends that i have right now they're just so they're in these little relationships and they're like obsessed about them. And I'm just like, man, if it doesn't feel good and you got to be thinking about it 24 seven, something's wrong. You're addicted. You have an addiction problem. It shouldn't be like that. Like, and I've been there. Like Mm -hmm. I've literally been there and I recognize it and I know how terrible it made me feel. And I don't want to see anybody that I love go through that, but it's kind of almost like some people have to, I think I had to, Definitely. Um, but trying to share 
the little bit of wisdom that I've gained throughout the years. Yeah. It's like, I will share that with you. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to wait, wait. Like, yeah. if they're pushing you to just have sex, that's kind of wackadoodle to me. I remember <laughs> when, like, I was, I think I was, like, 12. It was in the house in Maryland Heights, that white one, I think. You're going to talk about kids. The no, I wasn't going oh. to, but that's a great piece, too. <laughs> Um, but oh, I, remember, I totally, I tried to overcorrect we'll, that. We'll get, we'll get to that <laughs> soon. But I remember Carly was like, told me, she was like, she said, it was when the 30, 40 year old version came out and Carly okay. was like, I'm not going to be a 40 year old version. And I was like, mom, Carly said she's going to be a version of 40. <laughs> like I was like telling on her. Oh my God, I don't remember And that. you were like, oh, you were like, it. okay. <laughs> And I was like, okay, 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 it's fine. Um, But yeah, I was going to next bring up, what was it like? So you, so So, mom had three kids, my sister and I from her first marriage with my dad, and then they got divorced and then she had another kid with her second husband. But so basically you had two girls that were, were about 23 months apart or something yeah, like yeah. about two years but I feel like I was always kind of like given the same like you you treated Carly and I like the exact same I really did and it I, was confusing to me when people did I actually got really upset when people treated her older but anyways um you had I felt like first of all I know where we're going with this but talking about how you felt like, I felt like you guys were, like, this system together. Yeah. You were just my babies. And Agreed. that's all I thought, yeah. you know. Like, you know, obviously, you were individuals treated as individuals. But I would kind of dress you the same and treat Our you the same. Our birthdays were, like, a month apart. together. Yeah. So I could see how that you would feel like that totally. I liked it actually like I'm not I'm not like upset I lo- I loved that like I was treated as equal yeah and I feel like I was like quite a mature kid as well so it just made sense to I never felt the way I felt about you as a small child and even a baby was just like every memory picture whatever of you was just like this great big smile this great big open mouth smile like I'm just enjoying life and I'm a toddler and everything's great and it was just like you were the happiest baby ever yeah but I know where we're going with the kids movie so yeah what was my what was it like to educate two girls about sex and like bodies and all that stuff horrible I was bad at it and I went from biblical faith whatever and I totally overcorrected to (laughs) Hollywood sexualization and had you guys watch kids and I was like I don't want to say like I wanted to scare you about sex but like to me it was like I related to the movie enough that I felt like this is a more realistic view of how sexual relationships as a teenager are. Yeah. Like, that was, I guess, my thinking. I don't think that it was wrong at all. Like, and, and, 
And I like I feel like you actually gave us in terms of like the reality of the situation. Like we had all of the like biblical like fear at school and stuff. And you were like, and this is like what it can look like. And honestly, like, I mean, if anyone's seen this movie, it's called Kids. It's in. It was so controversial when it came out. It's a fucking crazy movie. It is. Um, But it's about these like coming of age children in New York City and like basically the opening scene is like a 17 year old seducing like a 12 or 13 year old like right and then like it ends the movie ends with like drugs and rape and like all the all, all the, the bad things that can happen all the bad things that can happen yeah but coming where I came from as a 17 year old dating her boss which was your dad I didn't know that yeah oh my god yeah, he was my boss, and <laughs> um, so kids was like so. I my the sex education that I remember was before that. You first got us a book. It was like the American Girl, yes, book, which was great. Yes, I remember seeing like all the boobies. Like they'd have mm-hmm. all the boobies like lined up, like the stages of them growing, and like being. I like I remember Carly and I were like, we're at this stage. And it was like way beyond. <laughs> Like what? Like I had no boobs, and I was like, I'm at, I'm gonna seek up, whatever. But um, that, and then there were kids, and I think that like you, you gave like a really honest portrayal, and like, I think that it was like such an evolution from your sex education, which mm-hmm. was like your duty, and you did amazing at that. And Thank then, you. and then there's this piece of like. But what would it be like to say, like, this is the reality of the situation and here's what's possible. Like, here's the next, yeah, like, echelon of, like, when you can, like, finagle and understand this, like, don't settle for it. Like, right. Have, create your own pleasure. Like, have standards. Like, all that stuff and that. And to be honest, like, those thoughts took so long to yeah. come. Like, were you, when you were educating us in that way, like, you weren't even really there yet. Maybe. I my whole thought process for you guys was to help you learn to protect yourself in some way. Yeah, is what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And even with John, my son, your brother. Yeah, I remember like telling him, you know, you should just masturbate. Like you're gonna find a girlfriend at some point, but you know, you're going to have these feelings and you should just do that because I don't want you to get clouded and like, yeah, feel a certain way about somebody when you can just take care of things yourself. And I was very honest with him too. Yeah. As honest as I could be. And he would have questions and I would be like, sometimes I'd be like, look, I don't know. I'm just telling you, you're going to have these feelings and sometimes you can just take care of those feelings yourself <laughs> Yeah, without involving another okay. person. It's not a fucking sin. Yeah. Yeah. And I was more, I feel like with all of you guys, I was more on the protective side. Like how can yeah. I teach them to protect themselves? And so yeah. with you guys, with kids, I almost wanted to scare you into protecting yourselves. Yeah. And with John, I was just like, look, you know, it's super easy for you to just do your yeah. thing and go on with your day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I hated that sex was such a, like, it went from being just this taboo thing to almost this, like, you have to protect yourself from it thing. Yeah. 
before I got to the realization that it could be like a meaningful bonding experience. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that it took like all this time. Yeah. It took a long time. Mm -hmm. It almost took till I got to the point where I had, I remember telling Eric one night, like, I just have nothing to give anybody. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, I have, I'm spent. I have nothing. I can't do anything. Yeah. I love you. And I hope that you understand. But, like, I can't give anything to anybody else at this moment in time. And. Yeah. That's all I need you to understand. And to have somebody go, I get it. Like, yeah. you're fine. Don't worry mm-hmm. about that. Like, that's when I think I finally felt like, ah, so it's not all me just giving myself away. Yeah. Because that's how it always felt my whole life was like, I was just giving myself away, just giving it away, giving it away. Yeah. Hoping for love, hoping mm-hmm. to get something back that meant something, you know. I mean, I think to me, we have this recognition that, okay, so I actually, so you you talked about your mental health and Mm -hmm. like, and all of this, all the things that that like creates in your reality. And like, I personally feel like all of the mental health issues are like actually like just recognizing like we're not supposed to live this way. Like this isn't how humans are supposed to be. And so like, of course you're going to be in a state of like, I think that everyone is struggling in the entire world in one way or another. And some of them are really great at hiding it in some ways, but then it shows up in other ways in their body and other people are like, I'm doing, you know, and it's like, I actually think that it's really beautiful that you're able to see what's happening and like find ways to, to balance it. And like, yeah, while like, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter what you do, like you're going to like we're all going to have like really bad shitty times of our lives and periods and all of that. But it comes down to like, can I realize it a little bit faster? Can I like seek support a little bit sooner? Can I like go to my coping mechanisms more readily? Can I use those more proactively to build myself up? And what can I do to create a life that like is going to like minimize as much as possible? I think that's something that I've seen you do where like you'll quit the job that like isn't working and you'll negotiate something that feels a little bit better and like, right you know, you'll put yourself out there to take some time away to come here and like to experience a different way of being. And like, that's something that I think that everyone listening can like really relate to it. It's like, we're all like kind of having the gamut at different times. And like, I feel like I'm someone that people perceive as like having it all together. And like, I don't, like, I definitely don't. No, you do. (laughs) Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I really don't like I I have my days where I'm just like I'm I'm like depressed and I'm going through this this period and like I think that the difference for me is that like I've created a life where I can surrender to it that I'm like I, I'm so grateful that I have this where like I feel like the last time that I really went through that was in early July and I remember like calling my friend and being like I'm so fucking depressed. Like oh, I've like I was like I had like this is like awful. Like we were going through it at the same time. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Know. Yeah, I was like I would like it was 
it was awful. I was like, this is like the worst. I feel like sick. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Anyways, but the the good thing about like what I've created with my life that's helpful is, and I think that you're onto this too in the ways that you can do it. But like, I feel very fortunate that I was able to be like, I'm going to completely step back from my business. I'm going to cancel some things. And it means that I'm not going to make very much money this month. And that's part of being an entrepreneur is like, you just got to be like, right. But like, I just have to do it. And I completely went offline. And like, I had a few days where I was just like in bed and like, I'm just going to heal, heal. I'm just going to focus on this so that like, and people don't see that side as much. Like I talk about it a little bit here, but like, they don't actually see me in it. They don't see me in my bed, hitting pillows and screaming and crying and then passed out for, you know, a chunk of time. But like, that's the reality that occurs. And, um, I think that that's one of those things that like, as you get older, you realize like, oh my God, like the human experience is all of that. And then when I fully surrendered to it, I got to the other side and I was like, okay, I felt all the feelings and now I'm able to see. Felt all the feelings. Felt all the feelings. That's the key. You got to just feel them all. Let them flow. Just go. Don't block them out. Yeah. Absorb them. Let them have their space. Feel it. Yeah. Acknowledge it. And yeah. Let it go. That is the only way. That's all you can do. That's the only way because the further you try to push it aside, mm-hmm. the angrier it becomes. Yep. The more That's intense exactly it becomes. Right. So just let it happen. That's, That's exactly one thing right. I definitely learned was yeah. like you have to feel it. When you don't let these feelings out, that's what actually happens. They get stuck in your body and they become anger and they become liver issues and they become gut issues, like all the shit. And, um, yeah, I mean, even my ovarian cyst that I had in the spring, my naturopath was like, this is like your emotions. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is like your body's totally angry at you. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I feel it. And then they were like, it's, she's like, it's, it couldn't even be you. It could be like your ancestral stuff. It could be like your anger at the way that the world is. And I was like, it totally is. Like it totally is. Um, but in Tantra, we say like emotions are ruled by the sacral chakra, which is like your lower belly and it's water. That's the element. And like emotions are like water. Like you can't grab them. You can't push them back up the faucet. You just got to like put your hand under the faucet and say like, I feel this. And like, how can I find the pleasure in like the water? Like, how can I find pleasure in the water running through even when it's scalding hot or freezing cold and just like feel it and then be like, but I, I've changed the temperature. So it's going to change here in a minute. Right. And let me just let it flow and trust that like there's something else coming. And then that too shall pass too. And it's shitty. And after that really depressed period, um, the week after I had my friends group in Fredericksburg and that's when I fell in love with Andrew and like I had other things that just fell out of my life and that was what was really painful is like all these things were falling out of my life and it was like a lot of grief, but it was like creating space. So I think yeah. so much of it too is just like trust, trusting that you'll make it to the other side. Yeah. You were able to open up by letting go. Yeah. Exactly. That's so cool. I love it. I feel like this is a really good place to like begin wrapping up. Um, but is there anything else you want to share or speak into about mm me or sex or relationships or love or otherwise, or do you feel complete? I would like to just talk about just my memories of you being so little. Oh my God. (laughs) I just, 
all my kids were so awesome as babies and toddlers, but like I said before, you were just this like magnetic little being that just smile on the face always. Like we would be out and you would go, you would just go up to people and just be like smiling and you couldn't even talk yet. And they were just like, oh my God, like just, you could see the magnetism between you and whoever you interacted with from you being like able to walk. And I think that that was really cool and kind of like a prediction of how you would be as an adult. Yeah. Which has come to be true. Yeah. And yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think it was just like a, a little picture into the into Lauren's world. Yeah. It was beautiful. That was very accurate. Uh-huh. The whole magnetism I think that you have. Yeah very strong magnetism Mm -hmm. thank you mom love you love you and thank you so much for being here on my podcast I love it (laughs) (laughs) and thank you to the listener for tuning in and opening yourself up to this vulnerable real conversation so real yeah so real (laughs) (laughs) and we'll see you next week on Talk Tantra to me ta-ta